0: I want to mention one word about him this morning, that he's a healer. How many believe he's a healer this morning? I want to preach on healing. If you'd go to the book of Matthew chapter 8, I believe, I don't think, I believe that the Lord is going to touch some people this morning. I believe he's going to heal some people this morning. And I believe if you're here this morning and you came with any kind of sickness in your body, you're going to leave healed. Amen. And we're going to pray at the end of the service, the prayer of faith. And uh, it doesn't have to just be physical healing. I mean, there's a lot of healing that Jesus does that's not just physical. Amen. He can heal you emotionally this morning. He can heal your finances this morning. He can heal your marriage this morning. Amen. He can heal your family this morning. He can heal our country this morning. He can heal anything that needs to be healed this morning. Praise God. So Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a, look at this, word. With a word. And healed some of those who were sick. I love how the Bible mentions that he healed all who were sick. Amen. And that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Amen. Father, right now we ask you to set the tone in this service for the next few minutes. God, to begin to destroy every spirit of doubt. Lord, the only reason miracles don't take place in our lives sometimes is we allow doubt to come in. Fear to come in, wondering to come in, uh, questioning to come in. Father, we come against those things right now and we ask that there would be an atmosphere of faith. That Lord, we would just simply believe what your word says and not question it this morning. And God, that you would do something great and mighty in this place this morning that only you can do. And that when we walk out of here, Lord, we will know we have been in the presence of the King this morning, Father. We give you the glory and the honor and ask that your words would be spoken in power and authority this morning to bring forth fruit. And Lord, to fulfill your word for our lives this morning in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I want you to go quickly to Second Kings chapter 5. I want to read a very known story. And I want to uh, show you a few things in here this morning. I want to just uh, say again, uh, it is God's will this morning to heal you. It is God's will to touch your body. It is God's will to touch your mind. Uh, again, I don't want to stress, stress, the fact that this is not just a physical thing. Uh, God, God wants to touch some people's minds this morning. God wants to touch some people's addictions this morning. Amen. God wants to touch some people's shortcomings. There's many ways that God wants to heal us this morning, and it's His will. If you're here and and you wonder, does God want to heal me? Yes, He does. Can God heal me? Yes, He can. Will God heal me? Yes, He will. Praise God. Amen. Will God change me? Yes, He will. How many have already been changed by God? How many are sitting here in this morning already a miracle? You should be dead, you should be in jail, you should be in hell, but you're here, praise God. And you're not in jail, and you're not dead, and you're not in hell. You're in the church of Jesus Christ this morning, and you're in the presence of a living God. Amen. That's enough to shout about right there. Amen. And it can get better because God wants our bodies to be whole. It's hard to serve Him the way we want to serve Him when we're sick when we're ailing, when we're feeling pain, and when we get a report from the doctor that something's wrong with us. Uh, sometimes it can be something chronic. Sometimes it can be arthritis. Sometimes it can be uh, uh, an infection, uh, something that it's, we've had since birth, whatever it is. And, 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 and maybe you you said, man, I've, I've heard a message like this before, but he's never healed me. I want you to remove every bit of doubt from your mind right now, and I want you to believe that it is God's will to heal you this morning. Amen. It is God's perfect will. Second, Second Kings chapter five. Please have a Bible with you if you can look on with somebody if you don't have one. Uh, My words are not going to touch you this morning, but God's words are going to heal you. And and the the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so the word of God being spoken this morning is going to heal your body. And what's going to happen is as we're reading these verses, faith is going to rise in you. Belief is going to rise in you and and that's the only thing that can stop a healing from happening is doubt That's the only thing that Jesus's power is great. It's already done. We already have it It's already there. We just have to grab it and faith grabs it. Amen Amen. 2nd Kings chapter 5 verse 1 now Naaman Commander of the army of the king of Syria was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master. That's very important. He was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master because by him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. Now, the first thing I want to say before we continue this story, I want you to understand is a lot of times people think that because they are have done something wrong, or because they've made a mistake, they're dealing with the problem they have. That, that is a thought process that many have. Well, I have this because I have failed, and uh, this, is a, this is a thorn in my side, like some people believe, and, and, and God wants to punish me with this, and this is just something that I'm just going to have to live with. We see right here that Naaman was a good man. He was an honorable man, he was a man of valor, so we don't see any sin in his life, I'm not saying he was perfect, but we don't see any reason to believe that his sickness came from his actions or his, his failures or his sin life. Amen. We see that he, he was a good man, but he was a leper. And, and we have to understand, I'm not going to take long on this, but leprosy... Um, it, it, w- it was humongous, and I was, it's kind of interesting. I was looking at this this week. Leprosy still exists. It's almost gone uh, in the sense of, of being treated, but I was looking at uh, in Bangladesh, India. There's an epidemic right now, still, in 2017 with leprosy. And uh, this is, has been you know, kind of like polio. We found the cure, and, and, and there's medicine for it, but if you're poor and you can't afford it, you can't afford the medicine to take care of leprosy. But going back, obviously, like anything, it was really bad in the Old Testament. Not only was it a sickness, it was a curse. And if you look at Jewish law, uh, leprosy, if you look at all, there was like 50 laws. and, And next to a dead person's body, leprosy was the worst. Like you could not come within six feet of a person with leprosy. And now we know today that, that that could kind of kind of makes you know, you could kind of sense that as a, someone who's got a, a sin issue or whatever. But back then it was physical. They looked at it as a curse. They looked at it as horrible. They were outcast uh, to, to their own place until they either got better or died. And uh, it, I, I wouldn't recommend doing this, but there are some pretty gross pictures um, uh, on, on Google and stuff of what leprosy looks like, even with our technology. You know, obviously way back then, we didn't have pictures of what it looked like. It was probably worse. But it, it, at its worst, literally skin falling off your body. Uh, horrible disease, very painful, very stinky, very horrible. And so this was a man who, who had this horrible disease and was trying to do good things and did. He was an honorable man and said he won wars. He was actually a a high up officer, but he had leprosy and he needed a touch from God. And so verse two, the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife and she said to her mistress, if only my master... We're with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. How many know that we can tell people about Jesus and that he's the healer this morning? Amen. See, it's the word of mouth. Amen. It's the, it, we, we don't need to have the words in our mouth of anything else but that Jesus can. Amen. Jesus can. We don't need to worry about willie or why or won't. Just Jesus can. Amen. She says, if only you could know this man, verse 3. Four, sorry, and Naaman went in and told his master and said, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. So the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. And then he brought the letter of the king to Israel. Now watch this, this is, this is interesting, which said, be advised, this is a king speaking, when this letter comes to you, that I have sent Naaman my servant to you, and you, that you may heal him of leprosy. That's faith. Do you see anywhere in that paragraph from the king, someone who's under command and understands authority? Let me just hit that for a second. Sometimes we lack in seeing God move, because we lack authority, we we lack the understanding that God is a God of commands. He's a God of His Word. When we speak His Word, maybe going back to to Jesus in Matthew eight, it said He spoke the Word. Today it is it's not about us. I don't have to worry about getting up and preaching about healing if somebody's going to get healed or not because it's not about me, it's about his word spoken over you and the person who's sick this morning and needs a need. It's his word spoken over you. It's a command that was already spoken and all we have to do is speak it ourselves. Because it's his word. We, 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 we too many times in many areas of our life, but especially in healing, tend to think, man, what, what, what happens if I pray for somebody that's sick and they don't get healed? Well, the better part of that is to think, what, what will happen if I pray for somebody and they do get healed? Why do we always go to the side of doubt and the side of negativity? Why don't we just believe God at his word? Why don't we just believe that if God says He heals, He heals? And that's why I wanted you to see that this morning. He still heals. This is not something that was for the days of Jesus alone and, and it died with the apostles and they used it to kind of start the gospel. There's people that believe today that healing's not for us. They believe that it died with the apostles just like a lot of other things died with the apostles, but that's not biblical. It's still for us today because if, 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 it's not, if there's no healing today, that means the blood has lost its power. But how many know the blood of Jesus will never lose its power? His blood was shed to defeat sickness and death and disease and addiction and problems, and it still flows today. It still heals today. It's still alive today. We just have to commend it. We do. We have to commend it. I don't see anywhere in here. He could have said, be advised as I write this letter that I've sent name and my servant to you if you would maybe probably, possibly heal. if Would you consider heal him? Would you consider touching him? He says that you will heal him. Yeah. So he basically says, I'm just expecting you to do this. Yeah. Now, he, he, he might not have had the my, 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 my right mind frame on the fact that he sent money with it. He was trying to buy his miracle, but he still believed that this man was going to heal him. And it happened, verse 7, when the king of Israel read the letter, that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive that this this man sends a, a, a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. And so it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent to the king saying, why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me. And he shall, watch this, he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. How many need know that D- Denton, Texas needs to know that there's a Lord in, in Denton, Texas this morning? Amen. <laughs> that there's a king, that there's a healer. How are they going to know? Us. How are they going to know? Miracles. Miracles signs and wonders that there'll be a prophet. in his. Verse nine, then Naaman went with his horse and chariot. This is this where it gets interesting. And he stood at the door of Elisha's house. Remember, this is a man of power. He has leprosy, but he's a man of power. And he sent a messenger. Elijah sent a messenger to him and said, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you. And you shall be clean what are we seeing right here again we're seeing a command Elisha says go and dip seven times he did not say try this try that he said go and dip your body seven times in the Jordan River he was specific of a place He was specific of what he was supposed to do. He was specific of how many times he was supposed to do it. We need to get in a place in our lives that we don't halfway obey God, that we don't sort of kind of obey God, but we listen to his word and we do exactly what his word says. And if he says to do something seven times, we do it seven times. If it seems foolish, if it doesn't seem right, we just do it. Just obey God's word. But the problem is for us, is we have a thing called pride. And pride kills faith. It kills a lot of things, but it definitely kills faith. And pride comes into Naaman because he says here in verse 11 Naaman becomes furious. Now, stop there for a second. It's kind of crazy. If you're desperate for a miracle, why would you care how you get your miracle? How, why would you care who prays for you or how they pray for you or what they say? A miracle's a miracle. I don't care how I get healed. I just want to be better. And this man, instead of just saying, okay, I'll go, he gets furious. Why? Pride. This isn't how I'm going to do this. This is how I would do this. So he says, and he went away and said, indeed, I said to myself, verse 13, sorry, 11, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord as God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. He's thinking, man, this guy is, I'm I'm important. I, 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 I drove my horses all the way to this guy's house. I have sent money. I have done all kinds of stuff and this dude won't even come and open the door. He won't even come tell me himself let alone what I expected, I expected him to come out. I expected, watch this, I expected the ah, music to play, amen. I expected the trumpets to sound. I expected him to come out and do this to me because I'm 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 in the army and I'm important. I expected him to place his hands on me and say, oh, in the name of Jesus, God, touch this man. What did he expect? All kinds of stuff, but he didn't get it. We kind of always think this has got to happen or that's got to happen or the right song's got to be played or the right place. we got to be the right time. The sun's got to be set in the right place. No, it has nothing to do with any of those things. It has to do with God's word. God's word spoken. That's what does it. So he says, are not the Abna and the Parfar rivers of Damascus much, Damascus much better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be cleaned? Because Jordan was muddy. Jordan was something that seemed foolish to him. So he says, I'm going to leave. So he turns away and went away in a rage. So he's going to lose his miracle. Because nowhere has anybody told him yet, no, we can't heal you. No, you can't be better. It's just that you got to do something that seems a little foolish. You need to, to get rid of your pride and humble yourself. And I, I want to do something, but you just got to humble yourself. And he says, "No, I'll I'll stick with my leprosy. I'll stick." So, so what does this mean? It means when when uh, God's will uh, is to heal, we've always got to check ourselves. If it's not happening, it's not where we sit there and, and break blood vessels over and stuff and question all that. But it's it's never God not having the power to heal. It's never not God wanting to heal. It's His will. It's His desire. But we see here that this man is prideful and he won't simply obey God's word. And so he says, His servants, thank God for, for people around you. Thank God for people around. How many realize this morning that you're here sitting here saved? Because somebody around you told you about Jesus. Somebody shared their faith with you. Somebody said, hey, let me tell you about this man who came to. Who came down from heaven and died for me. Let me tell you what he did for me. And they begin to share their faith. You're here today because somebody shared their faith with you. You didn't get saved on your own. Thank God for a servant. Thank God for somebody else. Like this woman here that says in verse 13. My father. If the prophet had told you to do something great. Would you not have done it? So sometimes we can be rebuked. By someone who, in, in these terms, is less than us. Someone who maybe we don't think, like who he could have thought, who are you? He, he, thank God that he, this woman had the right spirit. She had the right way to say it. And, and, and the, the, maybe the messenger from Elisha didn't quite say it the way he needed to hear it. But this girl says it in a way where something stops and hits him in his spirit. And he, and, she, and he says, if he had asked you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then, when he says, go wash and be clean? She's saying, you're thinking this too much. You're overthinking this thing. You're making this harder than it should be. Verse 14, we close here. He says, so he went down. He went down. What does he do? He obeys. And he dipped seven times in the Jordan. According to the saying of the man of God. According to. To the saying of the man of God say that with me according to the saying of the man of God according to the word going back to Jesus those demons came out and those people here because he spoke the word amen healing will take place this morning in your bodies your minds your spirits because we're gonna speak the word I can't heal you nobody else can heal you Jesus already paid the price we just have to believe we just have to line up our faith with his word Amen? And the good thing about that is is that God says in his word, Jesus said himself, that if our faith isn't very strong, we just need the faith of a mustard seed. I have a bottle. I should have brought that out this morning. I have a bottle on my desk that has mustard seeds in it. They're, they're hard, you can't even hardly grab one. They're so small you can't hold on to them. And Jesus said, if you can have the faith of a mustard seed, so you don't have to have this amazing, miraculous, humongous faith this morning. You just have to have The faith of a mustard seed. Jesus can heal me this morning. Jesus can change me this morning. Jesus can, you know, again, I want to state this again. It's not just a physical healing. Some of us need healing from our thought life. Some of us need healing from our anger. Some of us need healing from all kinds of things. So I I just want to declare and believe that nobody's going to walk out that door today without being healed. It's not just a physical manifestation, although those physical manifestations are what really cause a revival or cause things to happen because they're visible. A lot of things don't, aren't seen one moment to the next. It takes time sometimes. And, and this is why I chose this story this morning because I want to I tell a personal story as I close this morning in a second. But I, wanna, I want you to understand that something happened in this. When it comes to healing... And praying for healing, and I want to just make a statement too, that I've seen lots of healing in my life. Lots of people healed. Lots and lots of people. Because I believe in healing. I believe in preaching it. I believe in praying it for, for it. And so I've seen a lot of miracles with my own eyes. Too many to even, to even remember. But I want you to understand that many times, a healing that happens does not happen always, immediately. Like immediately, like boom. And, and, and if you think about this, this was a gradual healing. We see the end result that, that verse 14 says he dipped seven times according to the man of God and his flesh was restored. I forgot to read that part. His flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. We have a newborn right here. That skin on that baby. Is so soft and so nice and and that messed up ugly horrible putrid skin he had was restored that's what I love about Jesus he does not just heal he restores that means he makes better than it was the first time he gets it back to its original position its original place its original uh, condition how many want God to give you back to your original condition this morning? Amen. The place that, not, not, not maybe the original condition you think of, but the original condition that God had you in, that we have strayed from. But I say this is a gradual miracle because he had to, he didn't just say go dip. He could have gone down in the water and if it were just said go dip and, and then come up and, and he might have been like, well, nothing's happened but he told him to do it seven times. And so he had to have faith to say, you know what? I came up, he might've came up that first time and saw absolutely zero response. It might've even gotten worse being in the water. He might've thought that first dip, we don't see this, but I'm just giving you a thought. He might've thought, man, he might've came up and saw mud on his body and thought it was worse. (laughs) And then doubt entered in. He's thinking, oh boy, this is worse. I knew I shouldn't have done this, but something caused him, to, to say he said seven times so I'm gonna go down again and he had to do that seven times but I believe after about the second or the third time he began to see and feel a change in his skin and then I believe the last three or four were not just normal dips I believe there was some shouting I believe there was some clapping I believe there were some tears I believe there was some thanksgiving I believe that not only did he come up physically clean, but he came up absolutely changed out of that river after dipping seven times. And, and, and God does that for us in, in our lives today, but it's not always a second, immediate, total, 100% completion at that moment. But do, God does heal totally. Okay? Y'all with me? So uh, I want to give you just a couple verses to write down to have and I just want you to hear this as I, as I begin to close with the story this morning. Jesus th- healed 37 people. Now that sounds kind of low, but that was people speci- that he specifically mentioned their miracles, specifically. 37 of them uh, in the Gospels. But the Bible tells us in, in John 21 that if all the miracles Jesus did were to be written in books, all the world wouldn't hold them. So he did millions of miracles. And how do we know that? Because if you go back to Matthew 8, which we read there in the beginning of that first thing, it says that many demon possessed came, and then he healed all of them. We don't, if you go to think sometimes about the five loaves and the fishes and the 5,000 men that were at that, plus the women and children, easily 20, 25,000 people were at, that, were at that fish dinner that he did a miracle at. And so if that many people were there, and the Bible says he healed them all, there's multitudes being healed. And you see that again throughout the scriptures. Matthew 12, 15 says, Jesus knew it. He withdrew from there, and a great multitude followed him. When, you know, how many know a multitude is so many you can't count? A great multitude followed him, and he healed them all. Matthew 14, 14, and when Jesus went out and saw again a great multitude. I love this. He said he was moved with compassion and he prayed for them and healed their sick. Luke 6, 19. And the whole multitude sought to touch him for power went out from him and he healed them all. Amen. He healed them all. How many of you this morning are all? I just want to know real quick if there's anybody here that's not all. Is there, is there any unalls here? Is there any nobodies? Everybody's somebody, right? Okay. So that means that Jesus wants to heal all of us. Not, not, not every even you. Even you that's sitting there thinking, not me. Yeah, all. He wants to heal all of us. Uh, 1997, um, I, I was, we were here for one year in Denton before we went to Costa Rica. I'm really not good at dates, but I remember this one because it was a significant year. And um, many of you know I like to play basketball. I was at UNT and uh, playing with a cousin, and someone threw me the ball. And all my years, let's say at 27 years old, ooh, a long time ago. No, I wasn't 27. 97, that's 20 years ago. 23. At 23 years old, I was playing, and I never in all my years broken anything. Um, as far as bones. And so I got caught the ball in the middle of the court, just a normal pass, kind of went up for it, came down, and, f- and came down on my left leg, my left foot, my metatarsal. Pretty good, huh? I had to look it up. I don't know what it's called. My fifth metatarsal. Yeah, right? Eh? I had to look that up. I don't. So I came down on my fifth metatarsal. That's that bone that goes on the left side of your foot to your small toe. Broke it. We had just moved here. Some of you have heard this story but you're going to hear it again. Many haven't. We had just moved here from Arizona and me and my dad were starting a business and we were in construction and you have to have legs to do construction. And we had just got here, like a month or two. And broke the bone, went to the hospital, didn't even have the money to go to the hospital. had to borrow it from my aunt. She gave me the money to go. And got there and gave me a cast, air cast. It said six to eight weeks. But you're going to have to, with the cast six to eight weeks, then you have to stay off it for at least three for basketball. So wore the cast, went through everything, uh, never broken a bone. Obviously very painful, anybody ever broke a bone, especially in your feet when you, all, your, all your weight's on it, walking. So we go the eight, like eight weeks, and I, and I talked to the doctor. and I was like, how, how, how long should I wait to make sure that it's healed? Like, I don't want to take a chance on this breaking again, but I am going to play basketball again. How long do I got to wait? She's, and and I, the doctor was like, just, just give it four months, five months, whatever, and, and it'll be good. And, and the statement was it'll be stronger than it was before as it heals. So I waited eight months because I wanted to be extra sure because I needed to have my feet to work. So I waited eight months to play again, and uh, I was witnessing to this guy at an at a office of, of one of our businesses, and he, he liked basketball. And so everybody knows that, that that's my area. That's my way to try to witness to people. I can get them out on the basketball court, talk to them about the Lord. That's, that's, my, that's my platform. So uh, I said, let's, so let's go play basketball. So hadn't played one time since I broke my foot eight months earlier. But my foot felt really good. So picked him up, or he picked me up. I can't remember. I think he picked me up. And we went to a park. And uh, over there, uh, it might have been North Lakes. I don't know where it was. And so we started playing and shooting around and um, playing in the game. And and all of a sudden, I started feeling pretty good with my feet and everything. So I pointed up, and and this is back in the day when I could jump. I can't jump like that anymore. But I tried to go up and dunk the ball and and did an alley-oop. And when I came down, guess what happened? Broke it again. Same place. And if you've ever broken something, you know as soon as you do it, you just did it again. Because you know that pain. And I was so mad. I, don't, I know I didn't cuss, but I wanted to. I know I wanted to. I was, I was with this guy. Oh, man, I was so mad. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I just waited eight months. How am I, and how am I going to witness to this guy? How am I going to show him what I got? How am I going to show him my talent? How am I, I'm, I'm mad. I'm really mad. And I, I knew it. I limped to the car. And uh, we're driving from from North Lakes to where we lived, and clear as a bell, God says, tell that man, because he, oh, the one part I didn't say was this guy was an atheist. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. He blatantly said he was an atheist, didn't believe in God. And so um, we're driving there, and clear as a bell, God says, tell him, I'm going to heal your foot. And so he dropped me off at the house, and I'm getting out, and I looked at him, and I said, you might not believe this. You say you don't believe in God. You know I just broke my foot God's gonna heal my foot and you're gonna know there's God he's like okay whatever I get out that was a Thursday Thursday night my foot was huge Uh, not the direction that I was hoping amen this is why I'm talking about dipping seven times but I knew what God spoke to me and I knew that I had spoken faith to that man And I knew that I had spoken a word. And I knew in my heart at least, not in my foot, God was going to heal my foot. You have to believe here and not where the pain is. And so that night my foot was huge. Swollen, purple. Uh, Friday, without dragging all this out, Friday, worse. But I woke up and I said, I told my wife, I told uh, my mom mom and dad, I told people at the church. I said, God is going to heal my foot. I am believing this foot is going to heal. Now how many know... I was looking this up too, just to kind of get an idea like it's six to eight weeks for it to heal. Fractures can be longer and like I was like trying to find out if there was like a miracle healing that a miracle like normal healing that ever happened. Sometimes it says a, a kid can heal sometimes in three to four weeks because they're younger but that's like the absolute fastest and I'm asking God to heal me right now. So Friday morning I wake up it's worse. Saturday, same thing. We're now two days now, and and I'm am I'm, I'm I'm dipping. I'm dipping in the Jordan River. And my my aunt is telling me, and if anybody knows my aunt, she's bossy. She and she paid for my doctor visit. She, you go, you got to go back to the doctor. You're gonna get. You're gonna. This is dangerous. You've got a broken foot. You got to do something about this. You can't. And she's telling me, and I'm no Aunt Linda. I'm up, sorry. Aunt Aunt uh, Linda. Down the uh, some of you know, anyways, Aunt Linda, my Aunt Linda. She she uh, she says I said no. I'm, God's gonna heal me. So at this time, half a mile from here, I was an assistant pastor at a church, and uh, I had to preach that Sunday morning. And so I woke up Sunday morning with my foot. Now dress shoes they don't they don't go in very good, right? There's not a whole lot of room in these things to put your foot in, even though I have a big foot. So I wake up Sunday morning, and, and I got to go preach. And you have to stand to preach, obviously, right? And they wanted to give me a stool, and I, and I said, no. God, I kept saying, God's going to heal me. God's going to heal me. I believed, and I knew that God was going to heal me. I was dipping in Jordan every day. And, and, and I woke up that morning, and I went to put my shoe on. And I was thinking, you know, I could just wear a flip-flop or something, or I could just go, I don't know, I could just go like this and hobble, but I got to get this dress shoe on. And I, I'll never forget trying to squeeze my humongous, broken foot into this. It hurts so, I mean, I, I don't know childbirth, but it, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't close. I'm sure it wasn't close, but to me, it was bad. Okay? It was bad. For a man, it was childbirth. Amen. So I tried to stick that thing in there and I did. I squeezed it in there. Foot was hanging out. All over. And I and I and I got up and preached. And I preached on faith. Don't remember exactly the message, but I told the church, God's gonna heal me. I have a said I have a broken foot right now. I told them the story, I said, God's gonna heal me. So that was three days, Thursday to Friday, Friday, Thursday Thursday to Friday, Friday, Saturday, three days. And and I was dipping. That night, and it hurt the whole time I preached and it hurt that whole day. I got home that night and went to go get ready for bed and the swelling began to go down. Like I could noticeably see there was a difference between Saturday night and Sunday night. Monday morning when I woke up, the swelling was gone. Gone. Tuesday when I woke up, the bruising began to disappear. Wednesday when I woke up, my foot was absolutely perfect five six days later so the next Thursday seven days later I, I, I didn't even think about that seven days later that, that, that's seven dips but I wasn't even thinking about that I walked into that man's office and jumped up and down on my foot like this and so you tell me there's no God totally healed totally totally to this day I've never had a problem Never had a problem with that foot again. It's healed better. And that's a miracle. Amen. Musicians, you can come. That's a miracle. That, that, and you know what? That might not seem like a big deal to you, but that's medically impossible for a broken foot to heal in seven days. It's impossible. Especially the fact that I never had a cast, never, I just walked on it. But I said that because sometimes we can have a miracle or be believing for a miracle and not see the fullness of it come to pass and doubt sometimes God heals in stages sometimes God heals according to him working on our faith he he could just do it immediately and sometimes he does I don't say that this morning for you to think that God can't heal you right now he can heal you right now immediately but maybe maybe you're partly healed this morning maybe you've seen God do a, a touch in your life but you're still lacking and you need completion Maybe you're here and, you, and, and you've, you've sometimes prayed for a healing in your life, and in the, any of these areas I've talked about, and you didn't see an immediate result, and so doubt came in, and that just killed what God was trying to do. What we have to go back to is the fact that nowhere in that, in that Bible does it say that God does not want to heal us. It is His will, it is His desire, it is His plan. We see in the scriptures that as he bled and died, he did not just do it for our salvation, he did it for our physical healing. And, and we got to understand if a church today doesn't believe in healing, how do we prove the gospel being true? Healing is an amazing pr- promise and an amazing uh, visual that God's alive and Jesus is alive and that he lives. And you know what's interesting? I know I say Google a lot. It's that Google generation. If you go to the internet and search healing, there's only one that comes up. There's only one healer. Jesus. No one else. uh, There's some people that try to claim like through, you know, putting their legs together and doing that thing or whatever. You know, there's, there's, there's some people that are inner healing inner healing but only one even ever tried to claim i can heal you and that was jesus amen so we're going to believe this morning myra can you get um so to get elijah i want to pray for elijah specifically for sure this morning he was on my heart um anybody else that's that's i'm um, trying to think if there was somebody else in my in my there was somebody else i was thinking of but I'm going will come around anyway so we're going to pray And we're going to believe this morning. And we're going to do what the Bible says. I want to read this verse. It's very, very uh, simple, very known. James chapter 5. It says, if anyone, verse 14, is sick, let him call for the elders of the church. and Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And it says the prayer of 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 the elders and the prayer of faith will heal that person. So we're going to believe this morning. Amen. If you'd bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are a healer this morning, that you are a great God, that you are an awesome God, that you are who you say you are. Every bit of doubt is destroyed this morning. Doubt is not welcome in this place. Lord, I I don't have to conjure up some feeling this morning. I know what your word says. As you're sitting there this morning, don't don't worry about feelings. Feelings are fickle. Feelings will uh, deceive you. We don't we don't move by feelings. It's great to to feel, but that's not how we move. And 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 Jesus is here this morning. The Bible says, "Where two or more gather together, He's in the midst." Doctors' reports are nothing more than a diagnosis of what is seen. Understand that, just a diagnosis of what is seen. But we don't believe, not that we're against doctors, we don't believe that the doctor's report is the final word. We believe that God's word is the final word. Now as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning, there's something very important we need to do before we pray for the sick. The Bible very clearly says, very clearly, and this is for anybody listening online, very clearly says, what good does it do to enter into hell healthy with your body whole? What good does it do to get a physical healing and not have your heart right with God? The greatest miracle is salvation. The best miracle ever that ever took place in the world is when you gave your life to Jesus Christ. How many this morning could maybe say, you know, I I need a touch in my body. I need a healing in my body. But more than anything, I need salvation. I need to be forgiven. I have made some mistakes. I I have ran from God for too long. And today I want to be born again. Because that's the greatest healing eternal healing maybe you're here and you know God you know of God but this morning he's not your Lord you know that that man Naaman had to get to a place in his life where he said what this man is saying is life and regardless of my pride and regardless of what I think I'm gonna do what he says because I've tried everything else Maybe you've tried religion. You've tried uh, things in your life to fill the void that only Jesus can fill. Jesus wants to fill the void this morning. He wants to come in and He wants to show you how much He loves you. And I I want you to know something this morning He's not asking for you to change, He'll do that. He'll change you. He's asking you to obey. He's asking you to say yes to the knocking of the door of your heart this morning. He's asking, will you let me in? Because he's a gentleman and he won't force himself. But he died for you. He paid a price for you. He loves you. And he loves you just as you are. And he'll take you just as you are. How many this morning could be honest, not with me, but with God? say I need that salvation I need that prayer just put your hand up quickly all over this place that's me God bless you 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 how many more I need that listen this is not a membership to this church thing this is not a, 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 a thing you're gonna do just to feel better this is real this is real Jesus is real The God who healed my foot is the Jesus who died on the cross for your sins. He's real. Maybe you're here this morning and and at some point in your life you said a sinner's prayer. You said, I know I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. But today, you are not walking with God the way you know God wants you to walk. I'm not talking perfection because no one's perfect. But you're walking maybe in disobedience. You're walking... Uh, doing things according to the way you think they should be done and not God's way and you're feeling a tug right now to get, to get reconciled to God this morning how many could say that's me just put your hand up. pray for you this morning amen let's stand real quick to our feet I want to just quickly before we move on and pray for some people just quickly if you raised your hand and you meant that Many hands went up. Don't, don't, don't think, overthink it. The reason you raised your hand is because the Holy Spirit's talking to you. And, and it's so serious because the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow's not promised. And it's not that I, I come in and I say, okay, here's, here's ABC of what I need to do to get right with God. You, you'll never get right with God. The only way you become right with God is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's the only way. Jesus did not say, do this, do that, do this, do that, you'll be right with me. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Whoever believes in me, I love this statement, though he were dead, he shall live. And you might think, well, I haven't died yet. You're dead spiritually. But today, you can be alive spiritually. If you raised your hand, just step out of your seat and come stand with me real quick. I want to pray for you this morning just quickly step out and come out many hands went up I'm gonna wait just a second don't don't wait too long hands went up maybe you saw someone raise their hand close to you maybe just ask them I'll go with you I'm gonna wait just a second please don't miss this opportunity there were some hands over on this side don't don't be afraid to come You, you might say well, I can pray here at my seat you know what that's true but the thing I always try to tell people is if you can't stand before people in a church of believers and say I, bl- I believe in Jesus how are you gonna do it outside and, and, and let me tell you something Jesus made a very clear statement in the Bible he said that the way to heaven is narrow and he said few find it today we don't talk about that enough wide is the road to destruction narrow is the gate and he said if you deny me before men I'll deny you before my father which is in heaven that's why we ask for a public confession of faith we don't do it to embarrass you we don't do it to make you feel bad or have the focus on you like oh I'm the only sinner in here that's why I said how many all over this place because we're all lost there's not one in here that's lost we're all lost without Jesus we don't have Jesus we're all lost he says but if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father which is in heaven so I'm gonna give five more seconds anybody else all over this place that raised your hand if you walked out of here you know just the other day right in front of our church right in front of our church a woman flipped in her car david guzman was there to help get her out of the car she lived unscathed untouched but she flipped her car right across the street the reason i said that is because that woman has been invited to come to this church a whole bunch of times people in our church know her i don't know her but people in our church know her. And she even posted a picture of her car flipped upside down with VWO right in the background and said, what a, what a coincidence that I would do this right in front of a church. And one of our people got on and said, yeah, the church we've been inviting you to. If my car flipped, I think I'd be in church the next Sunday. I don't understand sometimes, but... Hey Amen. Five more seconds. Four, I know it was it's a long five seconds. Four, three two one let's pray you guys pray from the bottom of your hearts and, and, and today healing's going to come to the most important part of your life which is your spirit everybody in here just say this with me Lord Jesus I know I'm a sinner I know I fall short of your glory I cannot do life on my own Jesus if you can change somebody I ask you to change me If you are who you say you are, I ask you to come into my life. Show yourself to me. Because I believe that you are the Son of God. That you are the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets under the Father except through Jesus. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. And you defeated death for me. And I have eternal life this morning because of that sacrifice. I believe. I believe and I receive. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Forgive me of all my sins and wash me clean in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God. If all four of you will see Paul and Brenda in just a minute, they've got a, right there pink and suit right here, they've got a book we want to give you to help you with the decision that you made, to help you, right here, Paul and Brenda, to help you with the, the next 30 days. Okay? Uh, if everybody would just extend their hand, I want to pray for them real quick. Father, we know that these decisions are fought by the enemy. The devil does not want them to give their lives to you. The devil does not want them to change or be born again or have hope. So we cover them right now with your blood. We cover them right now with your protection. We ask your angels to encamp around them. We pray against every lie. Satan, you're a liar. Every bit of condemnation. The word of God said there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Father, let forgiveness and peace and joy and and what your word says, let the spirit that is in them bear witness that they're children of God. Touch them right now. Draw them into your presence and cause them to know that they have been born again and that they are children of God. And every day will be a, a process of you teaching them how to understand your love. Devil, you cannot touch them. They're not yours. They belong to God. Yes, amen. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, guys. You guys can go back to your seats. Elijah, come up here. I want to pray for Elijah and also just ask quickly if anybody else has a, uh, any kind of uh, physical touch you need right now, which is to be men to make your way right here. I want to pray for you. you can turn this